Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This program has been brought to you by Cider Week New York City, happening November 6th through 15th, 2015. For more information, check out ciderweeknyc.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. My column, Ask a Clean Person, appears on Deadspin.com, and my guest today is Daniel Gritzer. Welcome back, Daniel. Hey, great to be back, Jolie. I'm really happy to have you here. Uh, Listeners from the first season will remember Daniel. Uh, Daniel is the culinary director at Serious Eats, where he writes about food, cooking, and recipes with an eye to obsessive recipe testing and myth-busting. Our dedicated listeners will remember Daniel from season one when he regaled us with true and terrifying tales of what really goes on in restaurant kitchens. That was a very gruesome episode, I will say. Uh, (laughs) Keeping in the spirit of gruesome episodes, uh, he's joining me once again in the studio. This time to talk about the very serious subject of cast iron cookware. But before we get into that, Daniel owes us a few more gross out stories. Uh, when he was last here, we ran out of time before he could tell us about how much human blood there is in that plate of Papadelli bolognese that you're enjoying at your favorite restaurant. Uh, so we shall first start with that. You want to start with that story? Yeah, I want to hear about that. Actually, maybe I should start with the yeah, my, story. my personal story. <laughs> so as we were preparing for the episode, I was like, I actually have a story about human gore ending up in food. For whatever reason, this summer, I got really into using my microplane zester. I was doing a lot of citrus zesting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ginger zesting. There was a marinade that I, I got in the New York Times, a steak marinade that involved ginger and garlic and a zesty marinade and lime zest and fish sauce. And it was very delicious. And I used it for everything. But every time I would make it, it called for zesting not only the citrus, but the, the ginger and the garlic too. Right. Yeah. So, which is a handy little trick. You should all try that. It's actually like really easy, except that every time I did it, I zested myself into some of the marinade. Yeah, those microplanes are sharp. You have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, it was just like Jolie Knuckle in every in every bite, basically. It's like, <laughs> it's like the Bubbies making the, the potato latkes, right? There's yeah. A little bit of knuckle love in each bite. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, my mom, so my mom is, is half Italian and half Irish. And uh, whenever she talks about meatballs... You know, because I always say my meatballs aren't are never as good as my mom's, um, and she's like, "Well, it's because the it's like the the oil in my hands. It's it's my own personal flavor from making <laughs> <laughs> meatballs made with love, made with love, and a little bit of human flesh." So, <laughs> so anyway, now now you can tell us how much this goes on 
in restaurant kitchens. I don't yeah. really want to know. Well, I, I have to tell you something. Okay. In, first, I'll tell you my own experience where I worked in generally like very nice restaurants where yes. people cared and stuff happened. But even when stuff happened, you tried to handle it responsibly and not do anything that would endanger the customers. And that sort of informed so much of my understanding of, you know, how people work. It's like people take pride in their jobs. They don't want to do all this. You know, they don't want to do terrible things to you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been serving my yeah. husband bits of my flesh all summer. <laughs> I guess it's not really true. <laughs> yeah. Um, one time when I was in it, working in this restaurant, this guy cut himself on the meat slicer, you know, like the <gasps> deli slicer with the spinning blade. Ooh. And it, it was bad, but he kept it to himself. Ooh. And he, he wrapped up the finger and he put on a, a latex rubber glove. And, I, you know, that's what you're supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what you do. Um, so in theory, like nobody was really in any, in any danger from the customer's point of view. But at the end of the night, I looked over at the guy and I noticed that the glove was full of blood like a water balloon oh and i was just like dude what are you doing why are you working you a you need to go to the hospital b that's that's just far too much blood to possibly have like been able to control and contain freaked me out so much it was you know how is he not like white as a sheep from losing that much blood i personally took him to the hospital that you're daniel you're the nicest person I try. You really try. are. Okay, but here's the other thing I wanted to tell about this. So after I was on your show the first time, I think these folks over at Sirius Radio had heard the show. Oh, good. Because I got an email, and they were like, would you come on Sirius XM and talk about, um, on this particular show on the Eminem like, channel, and talk about kitchen cleanliness and like the same thing. Okay. And I was, and I said, yeah. Well, that, wait, my feelings are hurt. Why did they get in touch with me? <laughs> they, sh- they, sh- well, it's my show. Well, where this, right. where this no, no, story no. is going? You're the kitchen expert. I get it. So I said, oh yeah, okay, sure. So I went over and and I didn't do what I should have done, which was a little bit of due diligence on what the show was because I just heard Sirius XM and I don't listen to Sirius, but I know it's like a legit network. Yeah. So I was, I was, I just thought it'll be like a, you know normal thing and I I went like prepared to be like you know to say this stuff like oh yeah stuff happens but you know we you know cooks take their jobs seriously they take pride in their work whatever like have a few fun stories but nothing too terrible and then they started getting the (gasps) call-ins from their listeners and this was it oh my god there were all these people calling in who were, had claimed to have worked in different mostly like you know uh, fast food restaurants Mm. uh, nationwide and the stories they had bugged me out so much i couldn't even respond to half of them there were people who were like we this one woman called up and said that they used to wash the salad greens in the mop bucket oh (laughs) i would like to apologize to our listeners for that noise that i just made but this is live and that was a real reaction that that hurts me in every possible place that i could possibly be hurt it's the worst. And not even like a clean mop bucket that had never been used. Never. just happened to be repurposed as the salad washing oh. bucket. No, this was the mop bucket used to mop the floor oh. every day that they were washing the salad greens. And oh let me God. tell you, that's like the tamest of the stories that I we can't, got. I can't even handle this. And I partly can't even handle it because people who have ever listened to me talk about mops know that I, I always say I hate mops because dirty mop water makes me so upset it's the worst i get i i actually have a weird fear and someday i'll explain the whole story behind this it's really gross um 
but I have a fear of standing water and I particularly have a fear of dirty standing water. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason that I really, I, I personally dislike mops um, is because generally it does involve some dirty standing water. And the idea of washing salad, I can't, I have to, I'm going to have to change the subject, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I might cry. Yeah, I might well, cry. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the worst stories, but suffice All right, well, it to I'm going to go I find was, that episode. I was rendered speechless. And 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 I, I went from being the expert on the show to being clearly like I had no idea what I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> because all these other people were calling in saying things that I just didn't think actually happened. Because so, you actually said that, that when you were here and talking about the restaurant cleanliness issues i think someone had asked about you know sort of how 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 frequent is it that that wait staff or kitchen staff will you know spit in the food you know you always hear that sort of an urban legend but maybe it's not i think people wonder Mm -hmm. and so that was one of the questions to be asked and and your answer was really that happens pretty infrequently because it's it's degrading for someone to to do that um to lower themselves in that way and that most people have pride and so on i (laughs) Maybe you were being a little optimistic. Yeah, I got to backpedal on that one a little bit. I think certain places, don't be so sure. And you know what it comes down to? The the lesson I took away is if, you know, a lot of these places, the the employees are like teenagers. Yes. And how much do you trust teenagers and their judgment um, preparing food you're going to eat? And, you know, I'm sure a lot of these businesses are well run and they're clean and all that. But you can also imagine what people can get up to when they're... 16 yes. and goofing around or annoyed yeah. and you know there's an annoying customer and they think up a plan of how they can so oh, yeah. you know okay i'm just gonna eat every meal at home from now on i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna stick with my own grated knuckles <laughs> it's much better than the mop bucket salad <laughs> oh god listen i'm gonna go dig up that episode i'm i may not be able to listen to the whole thing but i'll definitely link to it in the uh companion post that runs on deadspin so that if people do want to hear this, they can. I don't know why you would want to. Uh, and I'm saying that as someone who had admittedly loves gross out stories. That's, that might even be a bridge too far for it me. It is too much. Uh, in any event, let us, let us take on a much less gross yeah. topic now. Yeah. Uh, I am thrilled that Daniel is here to talk about cast iron skillet care. Mm-hmm. Or cast iron cookware, we should say. Because we're not really going to limit it to skillets. So you could have, you know, those corn, corn pone trays you know what i'm talking about this the ones that have the actual corn yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) the most useless little thing but so cute every time i see one i'm like i want that i'll never use it but i want it um part of the reason i'm excited to have daniel here is that he is an expert uh the people at serious eats have done uh, extensive amounts of work on cast iron care uh daniel has done a lot of work on uh how to restore vintage cast iron or cast iron that um, maybe has seen better days and mm-hmm. needs some help. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> His colleague, Kenji Lopez-Alt, I'm always I'm afraid I'm going to reverse the order and say Alt-Lopez, but no, Kenji Lopez-Alt, who also, we should say, has just released a cookbook called The Food Lab. Oh, yeah. Good. Which is, he is the food lab. He is the food lab. He is a food lab. That's his long-running uh, column series. He's turned it into a book. Uh, Daniel has brought me a copy of the book, and it is gorgeous. It's huge and hardcover, and I'm really, really excited to dive into it. Um, and you guys should all pick that up. It would be a great uh, holiday gift. Totally. I'm, I'm already working on my holiday gift guides this year, so I've got that on the brain. Great holiday gift. Um, so Kenji wrote the definitive guide to cast iron myths. Uh, it was mm-hmm. called Seven 
myths of cast iron. I wrote down the seven myths so we can actually we can reel them off with a focus on the, the cleaning ones. Right. Um, so before we go into those myths, um, I actually am just going to start off with question one from Will. I'm going to read it, mm-hmm. and Daniel is more or less going to answer it for us. Um, oh, I should say, sorry, the second reason that I'm excited that Daniel's here to take this on is that cast iron care is one topic. There are very few of them, but it is one topic that I essentially will not touch in Ask a Clean Person. Really? Yeah. And and that's that is for two reasons. I I always am like a two reason person. I have always two reasons. Uh, so anyway, the, for the first reason is that I personally have um, a f- fear of cast iron. Hmm. Uh, I have today is Jolie Spears episode apparently. Standing water and cast iron. The cast iron thing uh, is completely irrational. I know that I should get over it. It has to do with uh, a bad relationship I was in in my 20s. Uh, it has to do with a dangerous situation that I found myself in with cast iron. Dangerous. And, yeah. And the combination of the two just really put me off it so much that, I, it, as I said, it's completely irrational. Um, so partly because I just have this fear and I don't really like talking about it. And then also because the care of cast iron is so contentious. And people really believe these things like you must never use soap on cast iron, mm-hmm. which is one of the myths that we're going to talk about. And they get really passionate. And I find that they get passionate to the point that it's not fun to talk about with them because they get... People get real weird about cast yeah, iron. Yeah, they get and yeah. it and it and it takes the joy out of it for mm-hmm. me. Like I don't mind when people start arguing about cleaning stuff like lightheartedly, but when you're when you're getting to the point where you're, you're like lowering yourself to name calling, <laughs> just like the fun really goes out of it. So yeah, I stay away from blade. it. Yeah, so I stay away from it. But it is a thing that that people really care about, and and a, a lot of time, I mean, women certainly care about it. Men are really passionate mm-hmm. about their cast iron. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is a great topic for the Deadspin audience because I know they'll eat it up. And if people don't like what they hear, they can email Daniel about it. Yeah, yeah. You can tell me how, <laughs> so I'm how wrong I am. I'm passing the buck. You guys can all get mad at Daniel. Okay, so with that, question one from Will. Will writes, Hi, Jolie. What's the best way to keep a cast iron pan in good shape? I inherited my grandmother's old cast iron pan and use it frequently. What's the best way to keep it cleaned and seasoned? A friend suggested scrubbing with oil and salt, but my grandmother just used to wipe it out with a wet towel. Mm. I'm not supposed to use ever use soap, right? I cook all kinds of things on it. Sear meat, simmer sauces, saute veggies. Do I ever need to re-season the pan? Thank you. Gosh, it's a big question. Because like, he hit at basically everything. Everything from start to finish. Yeah. How, to, how to... Do you want me to reel them off one, one at a time? Yeah, let's go, let's go through. Okay, so first one, what's the best way to keep it clean and seasoned? So, uh, you know, even here, the, 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 the answer is a little bit complicated because it depends on the condition of the pan to mm-hmm. begin with. So if this is a brand new cast iron pan, um, like a lodge... Uh, they come pre-seasoned. Okay. Some people say, oh, the pre-seasoning that they put on them is no good. you got to strip it off and start from scratch. Um, other people say that's a bit much. Just, you know, keep seasoning on top of that seasoning. So maybe the first thing to sort of explain is what seasoning is. Yes. I'm not a scientist. I can't, you know, the, there's a limit to how deep I can go in my, my uh, chemical explanation of what's happening. But um, in short, what seasoning is, is a, it's a layer of 
of um, super thin. It starts out as oil that polymerizes, so it forms this sort of this uh, this network, like a plastic like network um, that bonds to the surface of the metal, mm-hmm. um, and that polymerized oil um, uh, basically gives you a lot of the benefits that uh, of cast iron, like the, the non-stick that you often mm-hmm. see if it's a nice, well-treated pan. Um, so yeah, the first question then is, is, you know, what's the condition of the pan? If the pan already has some seasoning, it's really just a matter of keeping it clean, uh, continuing to use it, which will continue to put m- new layers of seasoning on top and you'll build up those layers of seasoning. It'll get better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, and you know, cast iron will rust, uh, the, a very well seasoned pan won't rust as quickly as one that's not seasoned, which I've seen un- totally unseasoned ca- iron uh, will rust just sitting out in the air in a matter of minutes. Wow. Uh, it, it just reacts with moisture in the air instantly. So wow. the seasoning is protecting it from being that reactive. Okay. Um, but it'll still rust if it's left wet. So you need to mm-hmm. you know, keep it dry, all of that stuff. Um, if it's in bad condition, though, you kind of need to, to, to fix it up a bit. Okay. Um, so, so mate, what's the next question? Okay. So, his, so his next one was um, a, fr- a friend suggested scrubbing with oil and salt, but my grandmother just used to wipe it out with a wet towel. I'm not supposed to ever use soap, right? Um, wrong. So, Yay. yeah. So you can- a reminder: hate mail to Daniel. Daniel right. at SeriousEats.com. People get so violent <laughs> I even gave them your email address. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Email me. People get so violent. Don't you ever soap a cast iron pan you're How out of your mind dare you i've had cast iron for years i've had carbon steel pans for years which are similar behave very similar similarly to cast iron you absolutely can wash them with soap um the the polymerized oil that layer of seasoning it's not like just a, a slick of oil that, that right. washes off with soap it's it's become an entirely different chemical compound from Exa- the combination of the heat and the exactly. metal and the reaction that exactly. the oil has to it yeah yeah so it's just not it's bonded on yeah you're not going to wash it away you don't want to take a brillo to your cast iron pan and right. stainless steel scrub it to death because yeah that could you know that could start to eat away at the seasoning that you have but uh a gentle soaping is 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 just not going to do anything. Um, uh, the thing about the salt, uh, s- so if you have a nice layer of seasoning on your pan, that's great. But sometimes things sort of burn onto the pan. Like yes. maybe something does stick, even though you have more or less of a non-stick surface. You want to get rid of that because the the that dark thin layer of black seasoning is not the same thing. It's just built up, burnt on gunk. Um, and so the salt, for example, works as an abrasive. Um, and so sometimes if I have a gunked up pan, I'll pour a bunch of salt into it, get it like so, 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 so hot that the salt is actually sort of popping and sputtering Mm -hmm. in the pan. And then I'll take a towel and I'll scrub that into the pan dry, um, just to work up a lot of that gunk and stuff. And then you can wash that out easily. Um, so that's one method of cleaning. It works for me. Um, Sounds pretty easy. Yeah, but you can also, you know, you can you can soap a, a cast iron pan. It's okay. Right. You just want to go back and reseason it. You know, you want to you always want to kind of leave it on on leave it on a good footing for the next use. If that okay, if I that like makes that. sense. Yeah. Some people just rub the pan with oil right when they're done using it and think that it's done. That's not done. That oil is just going to get sticky sitting in your cabinet. Yeah. Um, and and 
perhaps even rancid. And rancid, exactly. Uh, so it's not enough to just rub the pan with oil. You actually want to give it a... Uh, there's an initial seasoning process you can go through that involves multiple coats, coatings, very, very, very light coatings of oil, and you do it in the oven in in cycles. But once you have your pan built up, you can really, when, you, when you've cleaned it, you've dried it, you rub a very thin layer of oil in it, and you set it on, on a burner, um, and you just and you do it long enough that basically it's not wet oil anymore, and you've and you've sort of laid down one more layer of seasoning, and then boop, put it in the perfect cabinet, and good to go, good to go for All the right. next time. Great. So listen, this is uh, a very good time for us to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about seasoning the pan and how you can determine if you need to reseason. We're going to take another question about newer cast iron. Uh, and then we're going to share a reader tip. That's a that's a new one for this podcast. Uh, so Daniel and I will be back in just a minute. This is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Cider Week helps to bring profitability to local orchards while reviving heirloom apple varieties by cultivating awareness of craft cider. Cider Week connects cider makers from New York State and select pioneering guest cideries outside the state to buyers from top restaurants, bars, and retail shops across New York City. Those culinary tastemakers, in turn, help increase consumer awareness of cider's pleasures by hosting public events, tastings, dinners, classes, and pairings that build appreciation and demand for regional ciders. Welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Kerr, and my guest today is Daniel Gritzer, the culinary director at Serious Eats. We've been talking about cast iron cookware. Uh, Topical, too, Daniel with both Thanksgiving coming up and you published a recipe yesterday that's a cast iron skillet recipe. Yeah, like a true southern unsweetened cornbread recipe where yeah. you preheat the, the cast iron skillet in the oven and then you pour the batter in and it, it gets all crisp around the edges and it's it's not that sweet northern one that we tend to find up around these parts. Yeah, um, I'm a northern cornbread yeah. kind of gal. Hey, but I'm, I, nor- I'm from I like Boston. Yeah, I'm from Boston. What are you gonna do? I'm from Brooklyn. I I like it. I'm not. I'm not anti. But I'm gonna try the. I'm gonna try the Southern style because I I was convinced by your very interesting article. I'll also link to that recipe in the that's been right up, um, so people can try it. Maybe we could have a, a cornbread tasting party at some point. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. It's easy. Cornbread's easy. Cornbread is easy. I make cornbread fairly often. Yeah. Uh, this summer when we had the farm share, we were, you know, had corn coming out of our ears uh i made a lot of cornbread to use up kernels <laughs> tough problem to have right um okay so where we left off was uh we got through most of will's questions uh the last one that he had though that we didn't really address was do i ever need to reseason the pan and i actually mm-hmm. want to frame that a little bit differently mm-hmm. um from how he did because uh, I, I think everybody probably knows, yes, the answer is yes. From time to time, you, you likely will need to reseason your pan. So what I would think would be. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, 
very helpful to hear from you is when do you know if you need to reseason your pan? What are the signs? Yeah. Um, right. So, I mean, in a sense, you're always reseasoning your pan in that every time you use the pan and cook with it with with oil and high heat and you and like I said, when you're finished and you've cleaned it and you do one last little layer of seasoning, it's sort of this ongoing maintenance. Um and if you do that, it's pretty rare that you have to reseason from square one. Okay. Um but it can happen. Yeah. For example, not too long ago I was preheating a cast one of my cast iron skillets in the oven and I got very distracted by something I was working on. And a few hours later, <gasps> I thought, what the hell is that smell? It's this horrible chemical smell. What is it? And then the light bulb went off and I ran into the kitchen and the, oh. it had been, the skillet had been sitting in there so long that all of the seasoning had burned off into this like dust, this, this, this horrible polymerized oh. dust. And, and that was it. I had, I had killed, there was really no fixing that I had to strip the pan and start over and start over. Okay. Um, so if you do anything basically really bad to the pan, whether it's leaving it in the oven for, for, for (laughs) far too long, you can preheat, safely preheat a cast iron seasoned cast iron skillet for, you know, quite a while without anything happening. But, Four hours at 500 degrees, like I had it sitting in there without thinking of it, was too hot for too long. Yeah. Um, and there are other things. You know, if too, if you let too much gunk build up without cleaning it properly, whether you're cleaning with salt or something abrasive or whatever, uh, you may get to a point where it's just it's too hard to hack through all that those layers of carbonized junk, which is, again, different from the seasoning. Right. Um, and, yeah, then you may need to strip it down. Yeah. Um, um, we're going to, we're going to talk about how to strip it down. Actually, mm-hmm. This, this actually leads perfectly into question two, because it, it is someone who sort of, n- you know, through no fault of her own, sort of neglected her cast iron mm-hmm. and she's now has a problem. I also want to say, I love that you just told that story about leaving the, the pan in the oven too long. Right. I think it's, I think it's always great when we can admit that, you know, we, we, we're experts, but we make mistakes all the time, oh, all yeah. the time. So I love that you just said that. I want to give you kudos for that. Okay. So question two from <laughs> Anna. This summer, I kept my gorgeous new cast iron pan in the back of my cabinet because it was summer and my kitchen gets super hot. I pulled it out from its shadowy depths a couple weeks ago and noticed with horror that it totally rusted. Mm-hmm. I tried the kosher salt and paper towel thing. I tried steel wool. I tried a scrubby b- brush and some good old elbow grease, and there's still some rust. Help? I feel like an awful, irresponsible cook. How am I supposed to make bacon now? Is rusty bacon tasty slash safe? So, I mean, I know the answer to the last question, which is no, rusty bacon is neither tasty nor safe. Don't eat rusty bacon. Although I don't think I don't think actually rust is I you know I'm not a doctor I shouldn't say I don't think rust is biologically dangerous I I think maybe it just passes through us but that doesn't mean it's appealing or that I you want to eat I feel like you're eating iron like yeah, straight maybe, I don't I, think that I'm, that's good for you maybe I'm wrong don't do don't that quote, don't quote me yeah don't, <laughs> don't don't do that guys um, I I can also tell Anna that I don't think that she should at all feel like an awful irresponsible cook right Daniel left the it's perfectly seasoned yeah. cast iron pan in the oven for five hours at 500 degrees. These things happen. These things <laughs> totally happen. Totally cool. Right. So the, so the rust is because the, the iron 
in the pan was reacting with uh, the environment, mm-hmm. the, the air, um, and, and moisture in the air. Yep. And, uh, and probably because it was a new cast iron, she hadn't seasoned it up to the point where she should have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the... They're, they're, the it was probably pre-seasoned. Right. But. The seasoning does act as a protective layer to prevent that kind of rust. But maybe she lives in a very humid place or maybe her seasoning was a bit thin or, you know, whatever the reasons were, the, the moisture in the air was able to react with the iron and the pan rusted uh, just sitting out in the air in, the, in her cabinet. So what do you do? Small amounts of rust you can, you can really just rub off with, with, you know, some elbow grease and a sponge and okay. some, you know, whatever, soapy water, friction if it's very uh, minimal amounts of rust. Larger amounts of rust are far more stubborn, and the easiest way to get them off is with acetic acid uh, vinegar, distilled white vinegar. Oh, my favorite product in all the lands and all the seas. There you seas. go. There it pops up once again. Yep. Um, yeah, that'll... You know, in fact, if if you get if you're if you're into vintage cast iron pans, or you've really messed up a pan like I did that time, mm-hmm. and and for some reason you need to strip it down, like maybe you find a great vintage pan at a flea market, but it's it, it's seen better days, and you just want to start from scratch. Um, the first, you know, often it'll be they'll be rusted or whatever the issue is. You know, the first step is to remove all the seasoning, mm-hmm. um, which you do with lye. Okay. Uh, and I can tell you more about that if you're curious. And then the second step is to remove any rust with the vinegar. Okay. Um, now, here's the thing about the lye. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. It sure is. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to tell us about it, but I want you to emphasize the safety precautions mm-hmm. that people need to take if they're going to work with lye. Yeah. I mean, here's what I say to people when I talk about lye. It's not... You know, if somebody deep fries chicken, fried to make fried chicken at home in a in a Dutch oven filled with you know three hundred and sixty degree oil, um, that's something that a lot of people are comfortable doing at home. Um, and yet, you would never want to take that pot of oil and p- pour it onto your skin, right? I mean, that's and so lies similar. It's not something that you should be so fearful of that you're not willing to work with it. But understand that it if you get it on you. Um, you know, in a strong lye solution, which is, it's a, it's alkaline. Yeah. Um, it will, it will very rapidly essentially burn you. It will burn you. It'll, so, yeah, it, it'll be just like pouring 360 degree oil onto your skin. So don't, you know, yes, work with lye just in the same way as yes, fry some chicken, but treat that like it's some serious, serious stuff that you don't want on you. Right. So um, this, this harken, harkens back to, things that I've written about using oven cleaner, commercial oven cleaner, mm-hmm. like easy off that right. is also made of lye. And right. I have, I have personally from my own personal experience gotten a lye burn from oven cleaner. I accidentally brushed up against um, a tiny bit when I was reaching into the back of the oven. Mm-hmm. I was wearing my gloves, but I had my upper arm exposed foolishly, solely my bad. And I knew better. And I still did this anyway. Mm-hmm. I had my upper arm exposed. And when I reached into the back of the oven to clean the back, there was a tiny spot of oven cleaner in the front that I hadn't wiped away, made contact with my shoulder. And let me tell you, it hurt like a bitch. I mean, and I had a scar. It was no joke. And that was a tiny little swipe of oven cleaner, which is not pure lie. So we just just want to be really safety conscious when we talk about these kinds of cleaning chemicals. And I think, Daniel, you put it in a great way in saying 
you can use it. Just know, just understand what you're working with before mm-hmm. that. Um, which actually leads me, could you use oven cleaner? It, yeah, in fact, that's the easiest thing for okay. most people at home love to it. use. Is love it, love to it. you take a you know a, a very heavy duty industrial garbage bag. Yep. Shove a you know your dirty old cast iron pan in there. Spray it all over with Easy Off. Yeah. Wear gloves um, when you're doing that. Yeah, gl- rubber gloves, no exposed skin. If you want to be really safe, put on put on goggles. goggles. Be careful if you're, especially if you're spraying it into a into a bag that's sort of contained. Our natural instinct is to sort of lean over the bag while we're doing that, which puts your eyes closer to it. Mm-hmm. So really, really be careful. Yeah. Um, and well ventilated area. Well ventilated. Because the easy off is it's an aerosolized yeah. form of lye, so it, you're going to have some of it airborne. You don't want to be in a in an enclosed space choking on that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's nasty. It's nasty it's stuff. Nasty. Here's another question. You know, there's another popular way of cleaning ovens that involves putting a bowl of ammonia in uh, the cold cold oven overnight and just sealing it, letting it sit, and the fumes from the ammonia will sort hmm. of act in the same way as a, as a foaming lye um, oven cleaner. I wonder if ammonia would do the same thing poured into a bag. Because there, there, there's a trick where you, for grill grates, mm-hmm. where you put the grill grates into a sealed bag with ammonia. Hmm. I don't know. We should look into that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Because what the lye is doing is it's basically, you know, that, that polymerized oil that we were talking about is, you know, it, it is built from fat molecules. And lye... Uh, you know, how do you make soap? You 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 take oil and you. I don't actually. I've never made soap. I can't tell you. But you, you mix it with lye somehow, and soap yeah. comes out the other end. Um, so so it's yeah. It's it's melting that um, this this stuff that's made out of oil and, and and I suppose. I mean, I think when you get burned with lye, you're actually kind of turning your skin a little bit to soap. I think that's part of what's happening. Oh, how lovely! Because you have oils and fats on your yeah. skin, and it's reacting with yeah. that. And and anyway. Makes sense in a weird way. I'm a little out of if my you've depth. Ever, if you've ever gone exactly to like a whaling works, whaling museum, <laughs> this will sound somewhat familiar, right? Because you're using whale whale fat they for the towel and it's yeah. lye and that's how you make soap. Soap, and exactly. Yeah, it's the whole thing. We're probably going to get some very angry emails from soap makers who are probably really insulted their profession. <laughs> that's not how you make soap. I'm sure it's not yeah. how they make it anymore. It's probably not how you make soap. So, okay. So I think probably for Anna, what I'm distilling out of all of this is mm-hmm. that her best bet mm-hmm. is to use the oven cleaner to strip down the rust. Well, the oven cleaner won't take the rust off. The oven oh. cleaner will take the the seasoning off okay um the rust will come off with vinegar oh distilled oh, so forget white the, vinegar forget the oven cleaner okay. yeah unless you need to strip off the uh the seasoning okay and sometimes i don't sometimes the seasoning may make it difficult to get all of that rust off gotcha um so you, you try the vinegar first and if it doesn't work if it doesn't then... work then you're going to want to strip it down got it and and i have a whole article on serious eats like jolie said about yep. how to do that and you know and with again, photos and everything, photos and everything, and all the safety sort of warnings. Um, yeah. And then you do the vinegar, uh, and then you have to start reseasoning right away because okay. once you've stripped that pan down to its to the original metal, which is kind of cool to do. I mean, don't do it if you don't need to, but um, it, it you know they just look different. It's this kind of gunmetal gray mm-hmm. color. Um, they just look pretty cool, and you don't normally see the cast iron pans like that because they're right. All, you see the shiny black, that black yeah. exterior. Um, but then, yeah, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to reseason them right away because okay. that because that that bare metal will, like I said, it'll it'll rust in the it'll air. rust in a jiffy. Okay, so I that I'm so glad you said that because I want you to take me through step by step 
how to season a pan, a cast iron pan from the very beginning. So let's say that we've got uh, an uns, an old vintage cast iron pan that we've picked the, the picked up at the flea market, that mm-hmm. old chestnut, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never hey, actually seen. I've it. I've done but, it. Uh, oh, of course you have. Um, uh, you've a got one of those. You've, you've stripped it down. You've removed the rust, and now you're starting totally from scratch. Mm-hmm. Tell me, like I'm five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how to do this? Once again, this is the, you know there'll be angry emails about this. Oh, of People are there's not a ton of consensus on exactly the best way to do this. So I'll tell you, you know, I, a little bit. I'm like, okay, everybody, chill out. Yes. Chill out a little bit, like. Everything's fine. I'll tell you what I do. Some people will say that's not the best way. Whatever. It works. Um, I like your attitude so much, Daniel. I wish everyone was like that. Like, really, there there are problems in the world. Bigger than this. Cast iron. Yeah. Not one of them. Yeah. If you want to spend your days fighting over cast iron, you need a a hobby. Yeah. Maybe maybe go, like, help the homeless or something. Yeah. Um, So... You've got this stripped down pan. It's ready to be reseasoned. What I do is uh, I'll I'll turn on my oven, um, and you know there's a debate about what's the best temperature and blah blah blah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll do 400. Okay. The ballpark. That seems like a good happy medium. Um, and I'll take the pan and I will rub it with an oil. And uh, some people like flax oil. Some people, you know, some people swear by. Bacon fat, other people say bacon fat's the worst thing you could do. Uh, a lot of times I just use vegetable oil that's mm-hmm. in my kitchen cabinet. Um, canola, corn, any. Yeah, canola, vegetable, any flax. Um, I saw also that um, in Kenji's piece, he mentioned uh, like Crisco. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. That's another one. Um, you know, you don't want to use butter because it's, it's not pure butter fat right. right it's it's there's other stuff there's uh milk solids and water in there and you don't want to use um uh mineral oil um because it doesn't react in the same way okay um, and you don't want to use olive right because the smoke point is too low is the smoke point an issue with this i have to imagine it is but I, you know it's it, the you're getting this oil so hot no matter what oil you're using that you're, you're it's gonna smoke you're taking it past its smoke point but um you know, olive oil is expensive. Yeah. Why? You know, use it. Use it use cheaper it f- for cooking. And oil. That. That's yeah. yeah. That's okay. Um, that's great. So, so, uh, and this is something people I think mess up a lot. You're going to rub that oil under the pan, and you really want to rub it. You know, you'll start off with with uh, you know, say you put a teaspoon's worth of oil in the pan, mm-hmm. and, and you take your towel and you rub it all in. You want to keep rubbing it until it almost looks like you've it's dry again. Okay. A lot of times, people leave it too wet. Um, because they think, oh, well, I need this oil. I don't want to rub it all out because then I'm not going to get the seasoning because it's, I need it to season, but it's, um, you need these micro thin layers of oil. Okay. And, uh, if you leave even a little bit too much, it can streak in the pan and you get this sort of uneven streaking in the seasoning. Mm. Um, uh, like kind of like a painter who has drips running down the wall. Yep. Uh, and it may not look like it's going to do that, but in the heat of the oven, it will do that. It will do that. Um, so okay. you want to really, 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 really rub it, rub it dry, 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 all over the pan, outside, inside, handle, every single surface. Um, and then put in the oven 
uh, a lot of people like to do it, uh, you know, upside down, mm-hmm. uh, so that if any of that, if there is excess oil, it drips, and then it's good to put a, something put under a sheet it underneath it yeah. to catch a drip. But really, it should be so dry because otherwise, you're gonna have to bust out the oven cleaner. Yeah, exactly. It should be so dry that it's not really dripping. Yeah. Anyway, um, I mean that's like way too wet, but it, good precaution. Um, and then you leave it in there for, you know, I don't know, thirty minutes something, okay. and then take it out, do the next layer of oil. Back let in. it cool, right? Yeah, let it, uh, yeah, let it th- cool till it's warm to the top. I mean, obviously, you can't handle it. Yeah, I don't bring it. I don't know that I bother bringing it all the way down to room temperature, but yeah, let it cool a little bit. But do the next layer of oil until you can handle it. Until until like in- yeah, you know, I should. This may be one of those things where people are like adamant that it has to come down to room temperature, but I, I you know, okay. I've, I've, I just don't want to be. I just don't want people to get burned. Is my issue. I've, oh um, yeah. yeah, you want to be careful working. Once it's That's hot, the handles. What, yeah. You know, the handles hot. Everything's hot. Um, you, you cycle through. You just do these cycles of oil and oven, oil and oven, and 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 when it's in the oven, that oil is is forming this 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 bond, this, this polymer, yeah. and bonding to the metal, yeah. and you're building up layers. Okay, how many times to do that? For like a first go. Yeah. Oh, I, you know five times like okay. you know ballpark ballpark um, and then you can judge if you need to do it more or less yeah. or if you've t- if you want to the next day do the same thing maybe you're doing this on a on a weekend and you do one round on saturday and one round on sunday just good to have a, a general idea if it's totally like, and and know, then it's five times or 50 times eventually it'll be 50 times because you're going to keep using the pen and keep like i said when you're done with it Give it that one last rub of oil, just okay. like you did for the oven method. Yeah, but you can just slap it on a on a burner on the stove. It okay. doesn't have to be in the oven then. Right. So um, in so in our so in our scenario with Anna, she's she's reseasoned the pan. She's dutifully making her bacon. After she's made her bacon, she's dumping her bacon grease out. She is wiping out as much of the grease as she can with a paper towel. Then she's cleaning it with soap and water immediately drying it here is actually the biggest thing i want to say that mm-hmm. came out of the the myths mm-hmm. article on serious eats is that it's not actually the soap that's the enemy it's the water it's the water so mm-hmm. you don't want to soak your cast iron pan you want to get it in the water wash it rinse it dry it mm-hmm. as as quickly as you can mm-hmm. you just don't want any standing water hey back to the standing water right it all comes full it's circle full for us circle. um you don't want standing water with your uh, your cast iron pan. So Anna is going to make her bacon. She's going to wipe out grease. She's going to do a quick soapy rinse. She's going to dry it. And she's going to put it back on the burner. She's going to add a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. She's going to rub that around with her towel. Mm-hmm. She's going to turn the burner on. She's going to let that cook for five minutes. Ten yeah, three, minutes. Three Four or five until minutes. it's dry. Until it's dry, exactly. You, you you don't want to have any remnant of wet oil at all. But again, you also when you're applying the oil, you want to buff it to the point of seeming practically dry before you start heating it. Before up. you start heating it. Gotcha. All right. So this is great. Listen, we uh, are just about out of time. Uh, as always, this goes by so fast, especially when Daniel is here to be so wise. Um, I do, however, want to share a listener tip that came in just recently. I was thrilled because I knew this episode was coming up. Uh, this person did not provide their name, so I can't thank him or her. Uh, but they write, Hi, Jolie. Just found out about a new clean person thing and thought you'd want to know if you don't already. I'm devoted to my cast iron pans that have been passed down in my family, but my husband hated scrubbing them. 
So we did a little research and found these chainmail scrubbers on America's test, test kitchen. They take care of all our pots and pans extremely quickly. Just scrubbing when the pans are still hot with only water cleans the pans up without getting rid of the seasoning. Plus, they look badass in the kitchen. Um, so I wanted to mention that. I, it was a cool little product. The, the name of the product is called the CM Scrubber by Napmade, K-N-A-P-P-M-A-D-E. The CM Scrubber. That's for chain mail. Hmm. Um, they're pretty neat. Uh, I think that that's a really great option for the people who are listening to this and saying, hell no, I'm not using soap. Because if you don't want to use soap, listen, just because Daniel says it's okay doesn't mean you have to do it. It just means it's an option that's fine. But some of you out there will still really hold on to that that myth of the no soap. And that's fine. If the, if the thought of using soap on your cast iron makes you upset or uncomfortable, don't do it, guys. You have yeah. our permission. You're not at gunpoint. Yeah, you're absolutely not. So check out that... that um, Cast Iron Chainmail Scrubber by Nap Made. Uh, and on that note, it's time to go. A big thank you to my guest today, Daniel Gritzer of Serious Eats. It was wonderful, as always, to have you back in the studio. Thank you. It's so fun to be here. Thank you also to my engineer, Jack Inslee, and to our sponsor, Cider Week. Today's music was provided by Rectech. If you like what you heard today, and maybe you did or maybe you didn't, depending on your feelings about Cast Iron please consider subscribing on iTunes and leaving a rating and also telling your friends about this weird little cleaning show that you enjoy so very, very much. And of course, thank you to you, my listeners. I'm Jolie Care, and this has been Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 